Today's scripture reading is Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 32. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came into the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. One of the more popular songs around Christmas time is Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Santa Claus is Coming to Town. And I remember as a child, um, the anticipation and excitement of Santa Claus coming. I really, I, I really believe that. I remember on Christmas Eve, I would go to the window. And as night fell, I would be searching the sky. For Santa and his reindeer. The excitement was the anticipation. And then I, I grew and I learned that but that's actually what Christmas is all about, isn't it? No, not, not Santa, but, but the anticipation. The anticipation that comes from the buildup. Think about this, beloved. No other holiday carries with it such expectations. We hear it in the songs that we sing. The closer we get to that Christmas day, the songs begin to ramp up. You see it also in the sales that the stores offer. You see it in the, in the lighting of the candles. You see it in the decorations. You see it in the lights. You see it in the, in the wreaths, the stockings, and the trees. You do understand, beloved, that we don't do all this on Christmas as much as we do it in anticipation of Christmas. Because, beloved, the expectation and anticipation are part of what makes Christmas, Christmas. That expectancy. And in biblical terms, that expectancy is called hope. Hope. When a woman is pregnant with a child, we say she is expecting expecting, and, and that expectancy is the hope of a child, the, the hope of a new generation, of a better and brighter future. That's what hope is. As one of my favorite theologians writes, the 
Hope is the anticipation and assurance of future promised benefits. The anticipation and assurance. Hope is anticipation and assurance of a better day. And that's what Christmas brings because that's who Jesus is. Hope. That's what we mean when we sing, O little town of Bethlehem. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Christmas is the fulfillment of hope and the joy that comes when expectations are met. And that's what we have in our text this morning. That's what our text teaches us this morning. We've been going through our series on those whom Jesus came to save. We meet in our text this morning the elder Simeon. And we learn about his gracious and joy-filled encounter with baby Jesus. And this episode is important, beloved. This episode is very important because it sets the stage it sets the stage for discovering and appreciating the life and the work of Jesus in the world. It begins to reveal to us why Jesus came. It begins to show us the work that Jesus would accomplish on our behalf. And I want us to understand something, beloved, that the Word of God is not wasting space. The Word of God is not wasting space. And therefore, pay careful attention to even during the days of his infancy. The Word of God is revealing important truths about the person and the work of Jesus. The Bible wants us to know the, know the joy of knowing who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for his people. And there's a joy, beloved. There is a joy. There's a joy that comes with Christmas. There's the joy that Simeon experienced. It is the joy of the law fulfilled. It is the joy of what the Spirit reveals. And it is the joy of salvation made real. It is the joy of the law fulfilled. And we see it all. We see all this in baby Jesus. As we saw last time, there was, there was much fanfare. There was much fanfare surrounding the birth of Jesus. There were angels, and there was singing, and there was visions, and there was mangers, and there were shepherds. There was even little drummer boys. No, there wasn't, but <laughs> just seeing if you were on your toes this morning. I hope that drummer boy was there, though.
But this, beloved, all that fanfare was just for a short time. Just a short time. The light shows and the angels would eventually leave. And so too with the shepherds. And, and, and Mary and Joseph didn't stay in the tranquility of the manger. That was all for a very brief time. The angels would leave. The shepherds would leave. Mary and Joseph would have to leave the manger. And they would have to leave and get on with life. And that life was raising this baby boy Jesus. And so we see in Luke chapter 2 and verse 21 that life goes on. And just as the angel had commanded Joseph, he and Mary named the baby boy Jesus. He may be the Messiah. He may have been the Son of God. But beloved, he was still a baby boy born in Israel. And on the eighth day, they did with Jesus what they did with all Jewish boys on the eighth day. They circumcised him. They circumcised him. And then, after several more weeks of nursing, and after several more weeks of feeding, and after several more weeks of caring, Mary and baby Jesus were brought to the temple as all baby boys were supposed to be done. Brought to the temple for purification and sacrifice. And believe it or not, beloved, this is an amazing reality. This is an amazing truth. Believe it or not, it is here, it is here that the ministry of the Lord officially began. It is here that his work officially begins. For it is here that we begin to witness the joy that Jesus brings to the world, the expectation and hope of the fulfillment of God's law. This is so important. I might take a while. This is so important, Pastor Phil. Listen to what the Bible says in verse 22. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses. They brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to sacrifice according to what is said in the what? Law of the Lord. A pair, of, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons, Jesus, beloved, listen, Jesus was born into a world of sin. 
And it was a world that was defined and governed by the law. The law of Moses. And the law governed every aspect of life. Every aspect of life. From work to worship, life was dictated by the law. From the food you ate to faith to family to the circles of your intimate fellowships. The law of Moses was the rule by which life was lived. And it didn't matter who you were or where you were. The Jews were under the law. And the reason they were under the law is because, like you and me, they were under sin. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 19 reminds us that the law was given because of transgressions. It was given to prove. It was given to reveal. It was given to rebuke sin. And therefore, woven within the law were these sacrifices. And these sacrifices were demanded and they were offered by sinners because of sin. Purifications were required because sinners were impure. Mary and Joseph came for purification to the temple because Mary and Joseph were sinners. Now, no offense to our Catholic friends, but Mary and Joseph offered sacrifices, turtle doves and pigeons, not because they were sinless. They offered them because they were sinners. Mary and Joseph went to the temple because they were under the law and needed redemption for their sins. But Jesus went to the temple not because he needed to be redeemed, but he went to the temple that morning to set Mary and Joseph free. This is important, beloved. Mary and Joseph were under the law. But the Bible says in Galatians chapter 4, and verse 4, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to do what? To redeem those who were under the law. That's why Jesus was there that morning. That's why that baby was there that morning. It was time to redeem those who were under the law. Christ came, beloved, Christ came to deliver us from the law. 
from its bondage, from its condemnation, from its curse. But the Bible says in Galatians, in chapter 3 and verse 13, I'm not making this up. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, becoming a curse for us. I don't want you to miss this. This is the point of this text. For times it says, four times, beloved, in our passage this morning, it says that Mary and Joseph did for Jesus according to the law of Moses. Four times. Four times. Verse 22, verse 23, verse 24, verse 27. Reminding us that Mary and Joseph were there to keep the law. But Jesus was there to fulfill it. This is Jesus all the days of his life, beloved. From the very time that he was this infant going into the temple until the time where he suffered on the cross, Jesus all his days kept the law. Why? Because we couldn't. Because we can't. And because he did. Now, beloved, now it is no longer required of us. God made him, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that we in him might become the righteousness of God. Jesus came to do for sinners what we through the law could never do for ourselves. The law requires circumcision. The law requires sacrifice. The law requires holiness. The law requires purity. The law requires perfection. And the Bible over and over again in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 11, Jesus now is our circumcision. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 12, Jesus is now our sacrifice. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30, Jesus is our holiness. Jesus is our righteousness. Jesus is our perfection. And in this, beloved, Christ now is the end of the law. Not by doing away with it, but by keeping it perfectly so we don't have to. And if you are in Christ this morning, beloved, if you are in Christ this morning, then you are everything that Christ is. Purified, holy, justified, and true. That's why the songwriter said, and he said it so right, not the labors of my hands could fulfill thy law's demands. Could my zeal no respite? No. Could my tears forever flow? All, all, all could never sin erase. Thou must save. 
and save by grace. Nothing, nothing in my hands I bring. Nothing, nothing. Simply, simply to thy cross I cling. Listen, before Jesus, before Jesus, they clung to the, they, they clung to the law. We don't cling to the law no more, beloved. We cling to the cross. We cling to the cross. And this is the joy that Christ as that babe brought into that temple. That's what Simeon saw. The law was being fulfilled. And there's a joy in that, beloved. There is a freedom. There is happiness. And that is the joy of Christmas. And we are no longer under law. But we are in Christ. And that is the joy that baby brought to that temple. The law fulfilled. But not only that, it is also the joy of what the Spirit reveals. In verse 25, the Bible says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting, anticipating, expecting the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was on him. Don't miss that. It had been revealed to him by who? The Holy Spirit. That he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by who? The Spirit. He went into the temple courts. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required. Listen, 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 beloved. You need to juxtapose the first portion of this text with this middle portion here. You need to juxtapose Mary and Joseph bringing Jesus according to the law and the emphasis that the first portion has on the law and on Christ fulfilling it. And understand that this is the point of them coming to the temple. This is why they were there. This is what they were there to accomplish. But then you need to juxtapose that with once they in the temple, we are introduced to Simeon and we see now that life is not in the law. But life is in the spirit. And that joy is not in the law. But joy is in the spirit. Because of the spirit. And because the spirit was on him, Simeon was waiting in the temple. And because of the spirit, Simeon was wanting to see Jesus. Because of the Holy Spirit. Not the law. He was waiting in the temple. And because of the Holy Spirit and not the law, he was wanting to see Jesus. Listen, he was waiting in the temple. We don't know, we, we don't know much 
about Simeon, do we? Not much. We don't know his title. We don't even know responsibilities had. But we do know a few important things. We know that he was a man of faith and that he was a man of integrity. We know that he was regularly at the temple and we know that he was expecting and anticipating Christmas to come. He was there because he expected Christmas to come. Normally, normally, he was in the temple because it was his lawful duty. Whenever he had gone to the temple, why is he going to the temple? Because it was his lawful duty, whatever his duty was. It was his lawful duty to come. He probably had some responsibilities there. And he was fulfilling those responsibilities whenever he came to the temple because that, what he, that is what he had agreed to according to the law of the temple. But this day, beloved, he was not there because of the law. This day, the Bible tells us that he was there because of the Spirit. Look at how many times. Look at how many times Holy Spirit is mentioned. As if to just draw this contrast between the law and the Spirit, between the work of the law and the work of the Spirit. Holy Spirit was upon him. Holy Spirit led him. Holy Spirit spoke to him. Holy Spirit revealed truth to him. He was Spirit-led. He was Spirit-filled. He was Spirit-taught. And all this work of the Spirit... All this work of the Spirit, all this activity of Holy Spirit did one thing. Because it always does one thing. It pointed him to Jesus. Always, always pointed him to Jesus. The long-anticipated, expected Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit does. That's what being Spirit-led is. Spirit-led leads you to Jesus. That's what spirit teaching does. Spirit teaching points you to Jesus. That's what spirit speaking does. Spirit speaking speaks of Christ and Jesus. That's what it means to be spirit-filled. It means to be filled with Jesus. And because he was spirit-filled and spirit-led and spirit-taught, not only was he waiting in the temple, but he was wanting to see Jesus. And you see that, don't you? His devotion was summed up in his desire for the consolation, the comfort of Israel. That was his devotion. He was devoted and desired to see the comfort of Israel. His longing was for Israel's relief. His longing was for Israel's healing and salvation. And this, beloved, was the long-awaited hope of the Messiah, the one who would come and console the nation. And Simeon had been longing and waiting and anticipating the one who would say according to Isaiah chapter 61 and verse 1, who would dare to stand up in the temple one day 
and say, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and to the opening of prison to those who are bound to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the day of vengeance of our God, comfort to all who mourn. That's what, that's who Simeon longed to see. And that is what Simeon had been holding on to, beloved, all those years. And that's what he had been looking for. That is what he had been hoping for. And, beloved, that's what he saw when he saw that baby Jesus. That's what he saw. When he saw Jesus, that's what he saw. He didn't see, beloved, some politicized Jesus. He didn't see no culturized Jesus. He didn't see no whitewashed Jesus. He didn't see no westernized Jesus. He didn't see an Africanized Jesus. He saw a baby, but more than a baby, he saw salvation. He saw freedom. He saw liberty. He saw grace. He saw peace. He saw the word made flesh. From Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 1, when the Lord says, comfort ye, comfort ye my people, says the Lord of hosts. That's what he saw. The word of God made flesh. The revelation. And that joy, beloved, this, this joy, this joy, this revelation and this joy, it didn't come by the law. It never does. It came by the Spirit. You can't know Christ by the law. All you can know by the law is sin. It is the Spirit that brings life. It is the Spirit that brings the revelation of Christ. Christ came to fulfill the law, but the only way that you and I know Christ is by the Spirit. The only way you and I know that he has come to fulfill that law is by the Spirit. The only way you and I know who Christ is is by the Spirit. It tells us that in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. For the Spirit, for the person without the Spirit, does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them. Why? Because they are discerned only through the Spirit. That is why, beloved, Spirit led him. That is why the Spirit filled him. That is why the Spirit taught him. Because that day the Spirit was bringing Jesus. And the only way that Simeon was going to know who that baby is is that the Spirit of God was upon him, opening his eyes so he can see, opening his mind so he can understand, and opening his heart so he can believe. That is the only way anybody ever understands who Jesus is. That is the only way anybody ever comes to embrace and love our Lord. This is so beautiful, beloved. 
And here was Jesus as this baby. Barely, barely, barely a month old. Fulfilling the law. And revealing the work of the Spirit unto a salvation that he had come to make real. That's the point. That's the point. Christ was taking the law. The Spirit is going to reveal who Christ is. And Christ is going to make that salvation real. This is what Christ did as a baby because this is what he would do all the days of his life. And there's a joy in that salvation when it is made real. When Simeon saw Jesus, <laughs> when Simeon saw Jesus, beloved, he began to praise God. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm sure, I'm sure that the angels really got off praising Jesus out there in the, in, in the field. And I'm sure when they got to, when they got to the star, when they got to the manger and they saw the baby, they began to praise Jesus even more. But I can't imagine, I can't imagine when Simeon saw Jesus, this long expected Jesus, this is the one that he had all that bent, bent up worship to release. This is the one. Jesus has finally come to town. You can't even imagine the joy, the joy when he saw him. <laughs> Filled with the Holy Ghost, he proclaimed the Nocdementis. Now, let us thou depart. I'm done. I'm done. You know, Pastor Phil often tells me that one day he going to just fall out worship and run around the church and things like that. You know, y'all know that's going to be a day. Y'all know that's going to be a day. Something is going to have to really happen for Pastor Phil to get running. And I do believe it's probably going to have to be Jesus and come to town. Because that's what happened to Simeon. Jesus showed up and he let out. <laughs> I have seen it all. I don't need to see anything else. I'm done. I'm done. Christmas has finally come. And he says, Lord, this is verse 29, Lord, now... You are letting your servant depart in peace. According to your words, my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. The grace of God had finally appeared. 
the revelation of salvation had finally come, and I have seen it with my own eyes. And I have therefore seen enough. It had come. It had come. Long expected. Long anticipated. It had finally come. And not just for Israel. Here was not just the consolation of Israel. This is why you know that this is spirit-led and spirit-filled. This is Holy Spirit speaking. For he, does, he had been waiting for the consolation of Israel. But when he got the praising, he started talking about the nations. He started talking about the Gentiles and understood the revelation was not just for Israel, but here was the consolation of the nations. This is what I've been waiting for. The grace of God come to all peoples, all peoples. All peoples, beloved. And this is what the Bible says over and over again, over and over again. Titus chapter 2 and verse 11. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to who? All people. This is, what, this is what Simeon said when he saw that baby. This is what Paul echoes in Titus chapter 2. This is what Paul echoes in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, we know it, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to who? Everyone. Everyone who believes. To the Jew first, yes, but then to the Gentiles. Listen, beloved, listen. Jesus was born a Jew, but God sent his son to save the world. Christianity, Christianity is not culturally bound. This is something to understand in light of all that goes on in the world and in history. Christianity is not culturally bound. Islam is culturally bound. Judaism is culturally bound. Hinduism is culturally bound. Christianity is not because Christ is not. Jesus is for the nations. Jesus is for all people. And beloved, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how old Simeon was when Jesus was brought to the temple. From the text, it would appear that he was up in age. Because being ready to depart is not something you typically hear from a young, from a young man like me. <laughs> Did I say something funny? However old he was, beloved, however old he was, he never lost that expectancy of seeing Jesus. God had promised Messiah would come, and Simeon held on to that promise. Listen, beloved, God has promised 
that Jesus would come again. And he expects his people to, like Simeon, be holding on to that promise. Like Simeon, we wait. Like Simeon, we long. Like Simeon, we anticipate the coming of Jesus. But we don't long for the consolation of Israel. We long for the consolation of all things. We don't anticipate a baby that is going to be born in Bethlehem. But we anticipate a king coming down from glory. That, that, that one day soon he'll return in glory, re revealed in splendor for all to see that every tongue and every nation declaring that Jesus, Messiah and King. I remember, I remember as a child having a hard time getting out of bed on school days, particularly in the wintertime. It was cold. <laughs> and you did not want to get out of that bed. And my mother had to call to me several times to get up out of that bed. But you know what? I don't ever remember having any problems getting up on Christmas morning. She didn't have to call me on Christmas morning. I was calling her. Because that's what anticipation does. Anticipation makes the difference. Living with hope makes the difference. Living with expectation makes the difference. This should be the Christian life. We live in hope. We live in expectation. And every now and then, beloved, every now and then, I understand, the days get long. Every now and then, the winter gets cold. Every now and then, it gets hard. And it seems like Christmas is so far out, and you just don't want to get out the bed. But listen to me. I want on those days for you to sing like Simeon sung and sing, Come thou long expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Find your hope to get up in the fact that Jesus has promised that he is yet still coming. He hasn't failed. He hasn't failed. He's coming. He's coming, and therefore, this is not just a Christmas song. We sing this all the year long. Come thou long-expected Jesus. Come set your people free. Come redeem us from this body of death. Take us with you to eternity. Come. Come, Lord Jesus. Come. And get out of that bed. And come to church and see if the day might not be the day. Let's pray.